Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota, the Locked On Podcast Network, and the Lions and the Vikings. I'm from Detroit, so I've been waiting for this game for a while because I got friends on the Lions. I got coaches, Antoine Randall, and there's some about this Lions team. Like, everybody assumes they're unbeatable. Everybody assumes that they're just this dominant force. But there's a few things that the Vikings can take advantage of, and we'll talk about that next. Also, the Timberwolves. Setting history. History. We'll talk about all that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get 150 bucks. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Trust me, it's a lot of easy games out there to figure out. Just find the best one with the money line. Bet five bucks on it, people. You get the, bu- the bonus 150 bucks is unlocked. That's 150 bucks if your team wins or whatever team you bet on. I bet on the Nuggets to beat the Lakers when I hit mine. It doesn't matter who you bet on. Just bet on somebody that you think can win. Easy $5 bet, you win 150 bucks. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started. Well, in today's show, we're going to talk about the Vikings-Lions. It's a Christmas Eve game. So can the Vikings keep the fans excited to go home and uh, do whatever they do on Christmas Eve. It's going to be an early noon game. Thank goodness. So you get your full Sunday to just relax, hang out at home, have a few drinks, maybe watch some Monday night or some Sunday night football, uh, hang out with the family by the fire, and then open some gifts the next morning. Or the Vikings going to send the Vikings fans home sad, upset about the team, worried about their position in the playoffs, and then wake up Christmas morning and dads aren't going to be as happy as they would be. Kids and parents and moms probably won't care, but some of these dads might lose their mind. Also, think about the players having to open up gifts the next day after losing to the Lions. So can the Vikings save Christmas? We'll talk about that. But also, the Timberwolves, perfect 3-0 this week so far, people. They are on a roll 20 and five we'll talk about that and then also in the daily three some jake browning drama former vikings like i don't even know what you call him free agent backup to the backup to the backup uh he had some things to say cole kramer making a decent amount of money to play in the bowl game because he was going to retire after the season anyway he didn't plan on but uh, going to the bowl game he thought anything Calic Mans would be the quarterback and then we're going to talk about nfl mvp as I bring my producer into the show, Sam Ekstrom, this Vikings-Lions game. We'll start there. When you think about this Vikings-Lions game, Sam, uh, the Vikings right now are tied with a lot of teams at 7-7. Seven and seven. And I think that's the problem now is this, this NFL is kind of log jammed. And I don't know if anybody saw, but the Cowboys um, – no, sorry, Seahawks-Eagles. I assumed, everybody assumed, I don't know, Sam, if you assumed it too, that the Eagles were just going to not run away with it but win this game. Yes. Everybody thought the Eagles would win this game. They were hyping up Jalen Hurts having the flu. Um, 
the fact that this was about to be his Michael Jordan uh, flu game. He wore Michael Jordan uh, gear. I don't know if you saw that to the stadium. I don't know if he purposely was doing that to troll the people uh, or if he just, you know, that's just what he wore. Uh, but everybody was trying to make it out to be, you know, oh, he's 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 slated for Jordan flu game. Go to the NFC, Sam. You got the Cowboys at 10 and 4. You got the Eagles at 10 and 4 now because they lost. So the Cowboys now have taken over the number two seed because they also beat the Eagles. The Eagles are in a three-game skid. Uh, can they get out of this? You look at the Lions at 10 and 4 as well. They're right there with them. So they have a chance to actually be the two seed. You got the Bucks, the Saints at seven and seven with the 49ers running away with it right now at 11 and three. You got the Rams at seven and seven and the Seahawks at seven and seven. Also, to mention, as I didn't say, the Vikings are seven and seven. So you got the Bucks, the Saints, the Vikings, the Rams, and the Seahawks all at seven and seven, Sam. Every game, I mean, I think it always matters, but every game matters. And this is a must-win game for the Vikings. Sam, but if the Vikings lose to the Lions and go seven and eight, where do you think that do you like where do you think that knocks them down to the eighth seed at this point? Yeah, I, I think it does. I think you can't give up though if you lose to Detroit because two out of three probably gets the job done. If because right now the Vikings are the six, so two mm -hmm. teams would have to jump them. Correct. That means that. I, two out of three, two out of the Rams, Seahawks, and Saints would have to run the table if the Vikings just go two and three. Um, so if you lose to Detroit, um, you're still in that thing. You can still beat the Packers. And then, Ron, the, the Detroit might not have a lot to play for in Week right. 18. That might be a game that's very winnable, even though it's on the road. So I think you just got to get to nine wins. Get to mm -hmm. nine wins. It seems more daunting if you lose this Saturday, but it's not over. And do we really think the Rams and the Seahawks and the Saints are going to run the table? No, there's too much parity in this league. Wacky stuff happens every week. So win two out of three, and I think that gets the job done. Because you look at the Vikings right now, like we said, seven and seven. The Packers, thank goodness, lost to the Buccaneers. Uh, but the and, and the Buccaneers, like people were thinking, like, oh, does it matter? It does. The Buccaneers now, by winning that game, jump to number one in the NFC South. So they are now putting themselves in the playoffs as a fourth seed. So that's that's the reason for all this parity within the the NFC. Uh, it's kind of a log jam down at the bottom at that that five, six, seven, eight, or five, yeah, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, it, it's it's log jam, and so everybody's trying to jockey for position. Uh, but you're right. If the Vikings can go two and three, and and that's why, Sam, that's why every game it, it's so sad right now that all these one score games. You beat the Bengals, you're not having this conversation right now. You beat the Bengals, you're eight and six. You're probably good, even if you were to lose to the Lions twice. It looks like nine wins they would have been good because the the because of how other teams are playing. Nine wins would have got them there because even if at this point they had nine wins going to that last game, the other teams, even if they win and the Vikings lose, if they were nine and seven heading into that, that last Lions game, it probably doesn't matter. And the Lions probably realize it too. Like, look, we're playing the Vikings anyway next week. Let's just rest our guys. The Vikings are probably thinking the same thing. Hey, we play the Lions anyway. We can't drop to seven. We're going to be six. Let's just rest our guys. Now they have to go for it all. It looks like Jordan Hicks was just his window was just opened up. His 21-day return window uh, was just opened up. So that would give him any time within this next three weeks. My guess is probably the Packers or the last Lions game. Maybe just 
thinking like, hey, let's just get him ready so we can come back for the playoffs because that's what Justin Jefferson did. He took the full 21 days and then he came back after the bye. Um, so maybe Jordan Hicks is, is looking at that. Like, look, we're, we are a playoff team. Let's open up his window now so that he can come back for the playoffs, let his leg completely heal. Um, Ivan Pace Jr. has been playing great. Uh, but Sam, when you look at the 49ers, the Lions, um, the Bucks are at the top, and then the Cowboys. Now you have the Eagles in the second place team, clearly one of the better teams in that grouping. And then you kind of put the Saints, Vikings, and the Rams together as the all are the second seed within their division. If you're the Vikings, mm-hmm. or sorry, no, if you're the Lions, who would you, if you're the three seed, who would you rather play? Would you rather play the Saints? The Rams or the Vikings, or who don't you want to play? Like, would that game matter enough to the Lions to win to say, if we win this, we don't have to play the Vikings again? Who do you think they're most scared of? I look at all these teams, and you got the Vikings with a backup quarterback. You got the Saints, who have been so up and down. Carr has gotten hurt several times this year. The Seahawks have a backup quarterback now. I almost think that the Rams, who no one thought were going to be anything this year, with Cup and Puka and Stafford, they're almost kind of a scary team. I, I like the Rams' trajectory right now. That might be kind of a tough out in the playoffs. But again, that Vikings defense, I think, makes them a tough draw, especially if it's the the Lions probably don't want to mess around, Ron, playing the Vikings three times in four games. Yep. I think that's a dangerous recipe. So I would avoid the Vikings at all costs if I were Detroit. Then after that, I wouldn't want to play the Rams. I'd probably prefer the Seahawks or the uh the Saints coming in. Yeah, I'm going to say, because you got the Seahawks at eight, you got the Saints at nine, you got the Rams who are now in the playoffs at seven, the Vikings at six. This is one thing, too, before we jump over to uh, the, the Timberwolves topic, Sam, and uh, we're going to have a word from our sponsors. But, did and this is just me, maybe I'm overthinking this. Did it feel like to you that Zach Taylor and the Bengals kind of figured out Brian Flores a little bit? Like, I didn't feel like Jake Browning was under duress. Like, as, as much as... They say he goes after these rookie quarterbacks and he's going to make his life a living heck and he's going to put them in the – I was hearing on uh, Peacock with uh, Mike Florio and then the Dan Patrick. They're going to put Jake Browning – and we know Florio's a Vikings fan, but they're going to put Jake Browning uh, on, on, on in the blender. And, and, you know, so I'm listening to fantasy football talk on, on Peacock and I'm think, I'm getting excited. Like, oh, man, like I didn't even think about all that. Like, I forgot he's a young quarterback still. It didn't happen. He didn't look like he was in the blender. Like, he, he did make some mistakes – uh, but, but he, he looked pretty good. Like he looked like he was okay. And so I never felt like, like, I mean, we did have the intentional grounding. We had some weird moments for him, but it never felt like it was nonstop chaos that we've seen in other games for some quarterbacks. Like, did you, do you think that the Bengals put someone on film for Flores' defense that now the lions and even the Packers can say, Oh, why didn't we think of that? Like, did, did you notice that a little bit? So on one hand, Bengals didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. Correct. On on the other hand, once they got going, they did not stop. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then the field goal drive in overtime. Um, On one hand, that's concerning. There were some third downs that got converted that should never get converted, like a third and 21. Mm-hmm. But there were also some crazy throws that should just should not be completed. I mean, the right. touchdown to Higgins needs to be broken up. Um, they they had him dead to rights on fourth and goal at the one, and and Ivan Pace couldn't wrap up Joe Mixon. Yep. So if if the Vikings had just made a couple more plays, we wouldn't be having this conversation. 
but everything that the Bengals needed to happen did happen. They made all the catches. They got all the breaks in the fourth quarter. So I guess I won't hit the panic button yet about the defense, but Ron, I will say that now we've seen three out of four games, the opponent drive late to win Mm -hmm. against this defense. So what, what is that? Is that a fluke or is there something that's vulnerable about this group when it's all on the line? That's beginning to be an alarming trend. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, it also is a weird trend that I didn't notice. Uh, Their home versus their road record. Like a lot of people say, at home, you should be great. The Vikings aren't. They're two and four at home. Mm-hmm. On the road, they're five and three. So almost if I'm a Vikings fan, I'm like, you know what? Let's go on the road for this playoff game. Like <laughs> our, our teams play better on the road. Even though, like, you look at the Bengals game, that should be a W. They should be six and two on the road and two and four at home, which again is absolutely weird. Uh, weirdest number stats when you think about that. But yeah, they like I don't I don't know, like I don't even know the answer. Because I look at everybody else's road versus home record. Nobody else has like a better home. Like I'm looking at nobody. Nobody has a better, sorry, nobody has a better road record than they do home other than the Vikings. Like literally, they're the only team. Oh, the Commanders. Baltimore by one game. Baltimore by one game. They do. Oh, and the Commanders, Um, which is weird anyway. They're one and five at home and three and five on the road. I mean, they still lost five games, whether they're home or away. Uh, But they did get two additional wins on the road. But the Vikings, like, their difference is, like, glaring. Uh, Because, yeah, Chiefs, everybody else. Nobody else has it there. Uh, Yeah, and then the Ravens. Yep, you're right. Six and one versus five and two. But that's still just legit team overall. So I I wouldn't count that as that because that's, that's not more so an anomaly and just more so... Like we we've played more. Well, no, they played seven and seven. They're they've got one additional win on the road than they do at home. So that's the only other one. Uh, but again, when you're eleven and three, you can't really make a, a case for that. When you're seven and seven, like the Vikings, you have to look at that and be like, what's going on? Because like the Steelers at seven and seven, they're kind of dead even. They're four and four at home and three and three on the road. So you don't know what you're going to get out of them. That's why mm-hmm. I think everybody's kind of right now talking about Mike Tom, and that's what's so crazy. I don't know if you've heard this recent talk. This is recent today, Sam. Mike Tomlin, they question if he's on the hot seat at seven and seven. So that's what's so weird is like, and they're like not on the hot seat to the point where it's like we should fire him, but more so like we should have a conversation with him. He's been here for a long time. He's made a lot of money. Uh, Is it time for him to like on his own step aside or can we offer him another position within the organization uh, as like a, you know, whatever analyst? Or front office, like kind of like Bruce Arians did with the Bucks. Like he's around, he has an office, but he doesn't have to come in every day. He can go spend more time with his family and his kids. He's made a ton of money as a head coach. Um, or can he get something out of these quarterbacks the last three games? I mean, that's that's where and that's what Mike Tomlin tends to do. Like it, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Tomlin goes 10 and 7, and then all of a sudden we're looking up and he's, you know, possibly one step out of the wild card. Uh, you know, and if he goes nine and eight again, he's never had a losing season. That's the other thing that's tough for Steelers is like he's never had a losing season. He's he, every single year he's found a way to get to that nine, that ten games. Um, but now seven and seven, they're asking is he is he on the hot seat? But look at his quarterback situation; it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. His quarterbacks are horrible. So you can say that, but then uh, vice versa, the seven and seven Rams are getting praised. The seven and seven Vikings, it's like, oh, it's a it's a whatever quarterback Kirk Cousins is out. So, you know, so there's there's so much um parody within the NFL when you look at a team that's always been good that's all of a sudden is mediocre and people are questioning 
versus the Vikings team that's been up and down and they're just happy. And then a Rams team that just won a Super Bowl, they were writing the season off and now they're back in the playoffs. And so it's just, it's, it's weird how they take this. Both are all are seven and seven. So why aren't all of them on the hot seat? Why isn't everybody on the hot seat at seven and seven? It's just Mike Tomlin. Uh, cause, cause even for the Titans, like Mike Vrabel, I haven't heard much about him. D'Amico Ryans. I mean, that's the quiet story with the Texans at eight and six can still yeah. win the division. CJ right. Stroud can still win their division. So it, it's, it's very interesting how quarterback driven, uh, this league can be when Kirk Cousins is out. If Kirk Cousins is in, I'm pretty sure the Vikings finished this season. They would have been 10 and 7. Like I don't I don't see them being less than 10 and 7. I think that 11 wins that I had predicted to start the year, I think it would have happened with Kirk Cousins. Looking at the way this defense has figured it out now cuz Sam, when you look at the Vikings defense now, uh they're 13th in yards allowed, but they're 5th in the run. That's the thing. When you're 5th in the run, you're forcing teams to have to pass. So that's why that 224 passing yards they've given up to me, is only because of the run. Just to pay off the tee, Sam, my thoughts on trying to beat the Lions, and this is what you do, you have to establish the run. If you can establish the run, you limit that that beast of a rush with Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson and the way they blitz. If you can, like, because you saw this with the Packers. When the Packers beat the Lions, they ran the ball. They punched them in the mouth. The defense hit them. But it starts with running the ball. We saw what Ty Chandler can do. If I, and who knows Alexander Mass is ready to come back. But last one, Sam, do you think Ty Chandler deserves to be the starting running back when you think about like the way he ran the ball mm-hmm. last week against the Bengals, looking at the Lions defense as far as takeaways, they've had 15 takeaways, nine interceptions, six forced fumbles. So you have to win the turnover battle. Running the ball probably guarantees you don't have to throw the ball as much, even though your quarterback can throw for 300 yards. Do you like? Do you think that Ty Chandler should be the starting running back for the rest of the season? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm glad you asked because I was going to ask you um, the same question. I've been on Team Chandler for a while. I think that Chandler is explosive, um, and I like Alexander Madison. But if if Alexander Madison just has to be your third down back, if you need him to pass protect, that's fine. But I like Chandler getting the bulk of the touches. I don't think that means you exclude Madison from the game plan. Correct. But I would ra- I would like to see Chandler get the lion's share of the carries. I think he's got more big play potential. Yeah, and you saw the big play potential. He broke two of them, two nice long runs. Uh, Alexander Madison always did well as the number two back behind Dalvin Cook. He would come in, he would do well, and that's the reason why the Vikings paid him. That's the reason why they thought he could be the feature back. Uh, it just hasn't panned out. And, and you can't blame the offensive line because – this offensive line in this game was without Brian O'Neill and they still were able to run the ball. Um, well, like Ty Chandler ran the ball. Well, um, the Bengals defense, you can't say the Bengals defensive line was just terrible. Like the Bengals defensive line, as far as, uh, runs allowed. Now they were giving up 127 yards per game on the ground. So you could put a little bit on that. Like it was, was it the Bengals line? Um, potentially, but they face, some other teams like the Raiders gave up 127 yards on the ground. They were worse than the Bengals. And I don't think we ran the ball against the Raiders the way we thought they should have. Like, like it was what zero to zero through three quarters. So you can't mm-hmm. really say it's the defense because the Raiders defense was ranked 25th. The Bengals defense was ranked 24th. And what was the difference? The difference was Ty Chandler. I hate to say it. Uh, I think I, I think you're dead on though. I, Alexander Madison is a better back as far as picking up the blitz, so maybe he is your third down back. 
Um, you know, you give him some throws out the backfield. You allow him to run on third down if you're going to run the ball. You allow him to be the blitz pickup guy. Uh, but Ty Chandler just seems to be a little bit quicker, a little bit twitchier, um, a little bit better opportunity. But we've, we've got a little long on the first segment, Sam. we got to jump over into this Timberwolves talk, but we'll do that after a word from our sponsors. And we are brought to you today by FanDuel. Yep, it is almost Christmas. The weather outside is frightful, but the deals are hot at FanDuel, including betting five on the money line, winning that bet, getting $150 in bonus bets. Yep, for new customers, that's all it takes. Just a $5 wager on any money line to get $150 in bonus bets when your team wins. So do you think the Vikes are going to take down the Lions at home? Uh, you might get a nice price on that money line. You could win that and then $150. If you wanted to join FanDuel, now is a great time before the NFL season ends. You can also carry your success over into the NBA season. Hey, that Wolves money line has been paying off 20 out of 25 times this year. Uh, Very easy to use at FanDuel. You can uh, look at the wide range of betting options like the spreads, the player props, the over-unders, and plenty more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and bet the NFL. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Well, Sam, the uh, Timberwolves, like, they are a nice Christmas gift for Minnesota fans. Let's be real. Um, The Vikings aren't doing as well as we think they should. Uh, Still can make the playoffs, but probably not going to do much, make make much noise in the playoffs. Let's be real. Um, the, The Wild, not doing well. Go for football. Didn't do well. Go for basketball. Not doing well. But we have the Timberwolves. We have a team, Sam. And maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's God's plan. Like you can't give everybody an embarrassment of riches. Like you can't have it all. You can't have the best football team, the best basketball team, the best hockey team, the best baseball team. Because uh, the baseball team did make the playoffs. Uh, but maybe that was God's plan. And 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 they had to sacrifice the wild. Maybe this year they had to sacrifice the wild. In the scheme of sports, the sports gods said, we can't give you all of it. We're going to have to, you're gonna have to sacrifice. We'll, we'll take the wild from you for a little bit. We'll give you the Timberwolves at 20 and five. Now set the, the, the their franchise record for wins. Most wins in, in the first 25 games with 20. Uh, you saw the game. And so for me, when I first looked at the game, the Timberwolves were down, I think by 11 or 12 at the half. I think it was 12. And then all of a sudden, I like, you know, I'm like, you know what? Let me finish the the gift wrapping. I had to get my daughter. She wanted to, loves wrapping gifts. So I'm getting gifts. And then I check back and I see Twitter saying, like, this is the, the 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 Wolves team we know. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, what's going on? So I check it out. They slowly, slowly wore down the heat. They slowly just grinded it out, making the clean shots, not turning the ball over, uh, being very efficient when they get the ball offensively. When they get a stop, more energy. Every time they get a stop, more energy. And then slowly but surely, they got to the lead. 97 to 94. You get down to 106 to 107. You put the ball in Anthony Edwards' hands. He hits the Michael Jordan shimmy. Turn, shoot, off the backboard, fade away. This guy is nuts. Like 32 points, I think. Um, yep. just absolutely had a had a night. Like when I'm looking at the stats and I'm looking at the highlights, um, he had himself a night and he slowly just grinded it out. Wasn't a big night from Cat, wasn't a big night from Rudy Gobert. Like everybody else just kind of played a role. Nas Reed did use some crucial points and minutes, 
But this is just a team now that, like, seriously, you you could see them in a seven game series with the Nuggets or the Kings or even the Warriors or the Suns in the in the Western Conference Finals, and they could go to the NBA Championship. Like, this is a team that could go to the NBA Championship against whoever in the East and grind it out and win in six. Like this, this is a team, or even win in seven. But this team here with Anthony Edwards and Carlin Lee Towns and Rudy Gobert, Nas Reed, Jade McDaniels, the key is going to be health. We know that. It's going to be health. They have to stay healthy. They have to be okay with load management just a little bit. Not too much, but just a little bit, especially when you know you have a lead and you have the first place locked in. But Sam, 20 wins, the most in franchise history in twenty ga- in 25 games, Sam. Like when we first started the basketball party, by the way, people, every Wednesday on Locked On Sports Minnesota, you can, you can, we're going to talk all basketball. Uh, basketball is my first love. I play three to four times a week. Uh, just played yesterday. I had, I had some Anthony Edwards moments yesterday too myself. Not going to lie. Wow. Like a little, little pop and pick at the top of the key, you know, knock down threes. I'm the guy that when I get the ball, people are screaming shooter. Like don't let him shoot. Uh, I, I'm 43. Got the gray beard, so a lot of young guys think I'm a old, I'm the old head, which I probably am in the gym. Like it's some young. I mean, I played with a kid yesterday that played it played at Minnetonka High School like two years ago. I'm like, whoa, because he's home for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, another kid was on the court, played at Eden Prairie a year ago. So you know we're out there playing with some young kids. But the one thing they can't do, they're my height, they're not my strength. I still got old man daddy strength because I got kids. So you know when it comes to banging guys down in the post, uh, when they, when they, when I take a, a, a slower, bigger guy because they put like big tall guys on me up top taking them up top, knocking down the three. Uh, but I, I had some Anthony Edwards moments yesterday, Sam. And so when you think about the, the basketball party, people, make sure you check that out. We love to talk basketball. I'm a basketball avid fan. Um, but did you think the Timberwolves would be here when we started the show? No. I mean, I think we we predicted early on in the show, like what's the record going to be through 20 games? Yep. And I think the maybe the most optimistic guess was like 12 and 8, maybe like 14 and 6. Um, never dreamed this up. And we, they keep having Ron, these really hard weeks where we say, okay, this is where they'll, they'll take a step back. I think I said, they'd go one and two in the, the, the last three games. They mm-hmm. go three, and zero. they yep. come back from 15 down on the road at Dallas. They win by a lot, come back from 17 down on the road at Miami and win. And here's the most impressive part to me, Ron late in that game. I'm going to give you the result of every possession in the last four minutes of that game for the mm-hmm. Wolves. They literally did not fail on offense in the last four minutes. Uh, Anthony Edwards, dunk. Next possession, Anthony Edwards, dunk. That was the fast break off the the block. Next possession, um, Anthony Edwards, 13-foot pull-up jump shot. Next possession, Carl Anthony Towns, 13-foot step-back jump shot. Next possession, Carl Anthony Towns, offensive rebound, lob to Rudy Gobert for a dunk. Anthony Edwards, Michael Jordan, 13-foot, two-point jump shot. And then they made all their free throws after that. They scored every time down when they needed to because the Heat kept scoring as well. Back and forth, seesaw battle, and the Wolves didn't blink. They're so poised under pressure this year, which is a total reversal from what we saw a year ago. Yeah, I mean, it is. And so like I'm looking at the stretch of games now. So you got the 76ers. You got the Lakers, and I'm not going to have you make a prediction. We'll do that tomorrow on the show, probably. Uh, but you got the Lakers now. You got the 76ers, because uh, we'll have a party tomorrow. We'll talk about these games. There is a game tomorrow, but it's going to be after our show, so we can talk about that first one. Because mm-hmm. our first stretch again, I said two and one. I also was watching the game last night a little bit, like checking in on it, and 
the skeptic in me was like, oh, if they lose, my prediction was dead on. They were two and one. I, I sound like a genius. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm also like, put, put some more space between you and team number two. Put some more space between you and the rest of the West. Like, because we're waiting for that other shoe to drop, but who knows when it's going to drop? Like, we, we, we don't know. Like, could this stretch be it when you got the Lakers, the 76ers, the Kings, the Thunder, the Mavs? Like, because they've already handled the Mavs. They beat them 119 to 101 on December 14th. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is Kyrie going to be back for December 28th? Possibly. Uh, that's the game I was thinking about going to. Uh, either that one or that Saturday game, December 30th, uh, again at home versus Lakers. Because, I like, there's there's two Lakers games. I was thinking about this Thursday going maybe, but my kids have softball. So, I'm like, I don't know if I want to run right from softball straight to the, to the T-Wolves game. Uh, you know, but there's the, the Mavs could be a good one to go to to see Luca. The Lakers, that second one, uh, could be a good one. I'm trying to like keep an eye on the Lakers because people say if they play back to backs, LeBron and AD probably don't play, so keep an eye on the Lakers schedule. So I'm, I'm looking at that. But when you think about that stretch, you got the Knicks and they go on the road to the Knicks for New Year's Day, uh, which should be a fun one to wake up and watch. Like Sunday night, we'll have uh, Vikings Packers. Or yeah, Sunday night, we'll have Vikings Packers. Mm-hmm. I'll be up late doing the fan line with all you, you drunk fans. Um, and then I wake up Monday morning, do nothing, relax, take the day off, and then little Timberwolves Knicks on the road for 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 New Year's Day, um, and plus some football, bowl game football, of course. Um, but the, it, it's just, and then you got the Pelicans back at home January third. So like this stretch, like in my mind, the only tough games I see are the ones I said, which could be the Pelicans, but we've already they already handled them. Could be the Kings. Uh, could be the thunder the way they're playing. Like it's just, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of juggernaut games in here that scare me. I don't know, and maybe that's just because of how good the team's been playing. Like you don't see any team. Like you used to see the Suns or you see the Nuggets, and you'd be like, "Oh my goodness!" But there's a cool thing, Sam. They don't play the Nuggets again. Like they don't have to deal with the Nuggets anymore, right? If I'm looking at this right, or there's some games after January 27th because up to January 27th. There's no more nuggets on this. Yeah, game. they don't they don't play them for a long time. Where is the next? It must be March that they have the nuggets. So March 19 and then March 29. So right <laughs> at the at the end of the year, yeah. they're loaded up with the nuggets um a couple more times. Yep. But like in this stretch through January, this month of January coming up, you got Celtics, Blazers, Pistons. Absolutely terrible team. That's a great game to low manage and rest, by the way. Um, you got the Clippers, another uh, well, you got they got some ballers, you got to kind of go against them, and they're coming here to Minnesota, which could be a good one to go to as well, January 14th. Uh, because you got a lot of stars coming at which you got Harden, you got Kawhi and Paul George. I don't know if you ever see that many stars on the floor at the same time with Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert. It's like an all star game, uh, feels like in that one. Uh, you got the Grizzlies coming to town, maybe John Morant. I think John Morant said he was 12 gate 12 days left or something, he's back, so he'll be back by that game. Uh, that could be a good one in Minnesota to see John Morant back. Uh, you got Chet Holmgren coming back home again uh, to Minnesota January 20th. Uh, you got the Hornets, which don't seem scary, coming to Minnesota. And they got a nice stretch of home games uh, in that three, you know, January 18th, 20th, and 22nd. They don't have to get on the road. So that's it for their health. You got the Wizards. You got the Nets. and got the Spurs. So, Sam, they could, they could finish the month of January heading to February with literally like a 30 – like 30 and eight. Like, could you imagine that at that point? 30, it's not out of the question. 32 and eight halfway through the season, they'd be 32 and eight with 40 games played. Like that's, what's crazy about this team. Like you just don't know what you're going to get out of them when you think about this next stretch. So I hope that these games start to completely sell out. I hope that people start to appreciate this because 
the Vikings aren't winning. The Wild aren't winning. The, the Gophers aren't winning. You have a winning team. Uh, if you were to if you were to look at the 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 key player other than Anthony Edwards, um, who's your key player? Quick before we jump into the daily three that has to remain healthy down the stretch, or at least um, for this month of January. Rudy, I mean, last night Rudy's defense in the second half, he was challenging every shot down low. He made Bam Adebayo look totally overmatched, which is pretty hard to do. He's just locked in. It's and and he had an off night. I can't which game was it? Was it two games ago, maybe, where Rudy kind of was he does have that once in a while where he's floating, he's he looks uncoordinated, but then he'll play like he did last night on defense, and you say, Man, what an asset it yeah. is to have. He just keeps people outside of the paint completely. They're afraid to shoot in close. And uh and I think he's the linchpin to all of it. So keep Rudy healthy, and then Cat and Ann seem to have a really good kind of chemistry right now they kind of understand who's going to carry the offense last mm -hmm. night it was ant and cat made some great plays when he was called upon it was wonderful to watch on both ends of the floor complimentary basketball yeah and rudy gobert right now like we talked about this before he was losing in the rebound battle last year in the block battle to walker kessler that's no longer an issue uh he's almost got 13 rebounds a game uh two and a half blocks per game the defensive rebounds for me is what's the biggest nine defensive rebounds per game, which means he's eliminating that second chance opportunity for the other team. Um, but my mine, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. I think Nas Reed has to stay healthy. Like mm. I think Nas Reed uh, is a linchpin piece to bring him in uh, an additional hustle guy, an additional guard or uh, a defender, but when needed can give you key bonus points when the other guys are kind of like mid, if they're having mid type of games, he comes in and picks up the slack for where they're missing. And I think that's the key. Like you have to have guys willing to put up. I mean, this, this team is scoring at a ridiculous clip. Anthony Edwards, of course, we know his health matters the most uh, of everybody. I think Carlton Towns, they can get away with a little bit of no Carlton Towns for a little bit, maybe a little bit, no Rudy Gobert for a little bit. Um, but yeah, of the two, I would say Rudy Gobert and Ant are the most important right now. And then I'm going to go Nas Reed and cat on that second tier um it's time to jump into the daily three that's three questions take about two to three minutes each we got a little bit of time today but before we do that make sure you guys know you can get sirius xm on your phone just search the app market for s x m you can search the xsm app download it and then when you're on the app search locked on sports you'll get all the locked on content and of course for the minnesota fans search locked on sports minnesota you'll get all of our shows all of our content all the postcasts anything that is uploaded to youtube or our, our, our platform will be on the sxm app as well sirius xm great way to travel with it you can have it on your phone you can have it in the gym you can also have it in your car if you bluetooth it or if you just subscribe to sirius xm just give them a call but this is the sxl map and they can answer all your questions well sam it's time for the daily three now Take it away. All right. There was a mic'd up for the Bengals-Vikings game on Saturday. Jake Browning, mm -hmm. former Vikings third-string quarterback, he was caught on the mic saying the Vikings shouldn't have ever bleeping cut him. Does Browning have a right? to be upset at Minnesota, Ron? He has a right to be upset at Minnesota, uh, but not at, like, the coaching staff that's here now and the GM and the and the regime. It's a different group. Like, he he should be mad. If he's mad at Zimmer and and, and uh, Spielman, I get it. The Wilfs had nothing to do with him getting cut. Uh, but, but at the end, players don't see that. You don't see regime. You don't see, 
like different groups. If you hate somebody, you hate them. And so he just, he, it, it's what got him going. That put the battery in his back. Uh, that was what kept him going probably all game. That's what in his mind he was praying that he beat the Vikings because he was waiting for that moment to say they shouldn't F and cut him. Like he was waiting for that. He's been waiting for that moment his whole life or at least the whole season when he saw the Vikings circled on the thing and he saw Joe Burrow get hurt. He's like, oh, man, Hollywood couldn't have wrote a better script for me. I get to play the former team that cut me and didn't believe in me. They believed in Kellen Mond over me. They should have never cut me. Look at me. I'm balling over Kellen Mond. He's true. He's right. But at the end of the day, just just relax, buddy, because it's like <laughs> Joe Burrow, when he comes back, like you're, you're not about to have a storied history type of thing where all of a sudden – you're you're the Gardner Minshew of the league, and everybody's trying to get you to be their starter for a year or something. Like, just relax. I mean, he did have a good game. I'll give him that. Um, but yeah, that probably was just something to motivate him, get him going. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't think the Vikings made the wrong move to keep the rookie third round pick over Jake Browning. I think they had to do that. I think they also kept Sean Mannion that year. I guess maybe he could be upset about that because neither of those guys have had great careers, Mannion or Mond, but. Um, I don't think Browning was spectacular in that preseason either. I think that no. he, it's not like he went out and balled kind of like, remember Sloter? Remember how good Sloter looked in the preseason and, yeah. and people actually had a real gripe that, oh, why'd they cut this guy? Yep. Well, Browning didn't do that. Um, so I think in retrospect, he sees those other guys where they're at in their career and says, I'm so much better than them. And he's right. So good for him, but also you're right. Calm down. Yeah, relax. Like Aaron Rodgers would tell him, relax, buddy. <laughs> All right, what you got next? A-X. Uh, week, week from today, Gophers in a bowl game against Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. Cole Kramer will be their quarterback with Ethan Kaliagmanis hitting the transfer portal. Do you like the Gophers' chances of winning with Kramer as their QB? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're playing Bowling Green. They're, they're going to run the ball. Honestly, you just needed somebody serviceable enough to hand the ball off a bunch. Uh, he's going to make a couple throws here and there. We know he is good with his legs. Um, I, I heard his press conference. Um, it, it's kind of cool, too, because he's from Eden Prairie, Minnesota, played at Eden Prairie High School. Uh, he grew up a Gopher fan. Uh, so this has been a dream of his. He's like, yeah, I, I was going to Arizona. I was going to like walk, run out, walk off into the sunset. Like I was done. I graduated. I'm not making it to the NFL. Nobody's bringing me into camp. I'm not going. Now, this is a funny thing. Maybe he goes out and throws for 400 yards, and all of a sudden the Vikings – want to bring them in for training camp and then now we have a whole new type of story uh we, we you know when they do the movie tom cruise plays him or something or, or bradley cooper or somebody plays uh cole kramer in the story of uh because you remember the eagles had their story of Vinny, whatever the dude that made the team uh uh that was played by mark Wahlberg. invincible like, invincible I've seen that movie. yeah oh see there you go sam Amazing. Uh, but, but maybe maybe cole kramer uh creates uh, a, a movie, you know, they create a movie about him called like Cole Turn into Diamonds, and then you know the pressure was on Cole, <laughs> and it turned into a diamond, and now he's <laughs> he's he set the world on fire in the bowl game. The Quick Lane Bowl uh, is in Detroit. Maybe the Lions see him play in their stadium, and they're like, man, this kid would be a great backup to Jared Goff next year, and they want to bring him into camp. Who knows? But no, he was he's moving to Arizona. He has a house there already. He was ready to be done. Um, he's been in college for a long time. So that's what people forget. He's already got like, I think a wife or a fiance. So pe people forget these guys have been in school so long. Uh, I think Cole Kramer was coming in around the time. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Cole, like him and, um, uh, Coughlin were teammates, mm -hmm. you know, and Blake Cashman, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and these dudes have been in the league for two, three years. 
uh, four years almost probably. And so now, you know, this guy, Cole Kramer, you know, younger than them, but now, you know, he has his shots. So I, I think it is what it is. Like, it, it's a good, like, good job for him. He gets a chance to come back. The rumor was he made $30,000. $30, That's not the number. It's not $30,000. Uh, but it is probably you know three thousand, maybe five thousand, uh, which is of, of it though. Like I mean, they need a quarterback, so he has them by the throat. Like you, like they need a quarterback, and he's like, look, man, I was gonna, all right, man, look, we'll, we'll take care of you. We'll get you like ten grand from NIL. Fine, it's one game. Uh, they're gonna make. I mean, this thing about the bowl game, they're gonna make. I think a million dollars, if not more, from this bowl game. So it, hmm. it is a value for Cole to go and be a part of history for one last time. If they win the bowl game now, his his infamy will live on and go for uh, history. He'll be able to tell his kids, I won the quick lane bowl my senior year. I was gonna, I was walking away from football. Like, he'll have a great story to tell his kids and grandkids now. Like, because people always tell stories about their bowl games now and the games they played in. He'll be able to say, I was a starting quarterback in my last game of my senior year as a gopher and I grew up in the Premier Minnesota. I think it's a great story, great way to ride up to the sunset. I don't know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, this is a good way for him to now his final pass of his college career doesn't have to be the one against North Carolina where he just <laughs> yeah. chucked it up to nobody. Yep. Now he gets to to rewrite the final chapter. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a good one. Yeah, because he did he did come in the game and he should have probably just dumped it off or threw it out of bounds and he yoloed the bit and just said, hey, he, <laughs> like Jameis Winston, if I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna get in and I'm gonna make you guys remember me. No, buddy, we don't want to remember you that way. Uh, what's the last no. one? Yep, last one. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. The uh, I'm, I'm going to read you the FanDuel lines for the MVP in the NFL. The leader is Brock Purdy mm -hmm. at minus 200. Then it's Lamar, plus mm -hmm. 500. Josh Allen, plus 800. Josh Allen, really? Dak Prescott, plus 800. Christian McCaffrey, plus 1600. Uh, so on and so forth from there. So of those five favorites, who do you think is going to win the MVP? Oh man, I don't know. I really don't. I, I do think it's because you got the AFC leader, you got the NFC leader. Uh, I feel like it has to be whoever, like, because they do it after the playoffs too, right? Or is it after the no, season? No, it's a regular season award. Yeah. But do, do they announce it like during the playoffs or is it before the playoffs start? I always forget how they, because the voting happens, even though it's supposed to be for just the regular season, I feel like the voting happens during the playoffs. Yeah, I guess I don't know the particulars of the voting. I think they they announce it after the playoffs, but I thought it was a regular season vote. It is That's, a regular season, yeah. but I just remember people always saying they feel like people like take into account sometimes mm -hmm. like, oh, this dude had a great playoff run and that's why everybody's on him now, uh, you know, blah, blah. But yeah, no, I, I, I feel like it's got to be Brocker or Lamar Jackson right now. Like, and Lamar, I think, becomes a dark horse. Right? Like the AFC for us, because of course we're in the NFC, so we don't pay attention to them as much. Uh, it feels like Lamar Jackson on the Ravens, even though they're the AFC leader, they don't get as much coverage as Brock Purdy and the 49ers do. Like, it just feels like people love Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Um, so I feel like Lamar Jackson, just from a media standpoint, uh, and the people that like hate Cam Newton might just want to vote for Brock Purdy to give a game manager in, in Cam Newton's mind the MVP. So I, I do feel like maybe Brock Purdy, just from a media standpoint, everybody's loving him. But do you give it to the weapons? Like, are people saying like Christian McCaffrey or, or Debo Samuel or, or, or Shanahan should be the coach of the year? Uh, whereas Lamar Jackson, I mean, Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman and those like in uh, what's it, Zay Flowers, like people aren't considering his running back weapons and his receiving weapons as true weapons. Uh, Mark Andrews, I think, got hurt, right? Isn't he out? Yep. 
Um, so yeah, so I would I would kind of lean towards Lamar Jackson because he has less to work with. Brock Purdy has a ton of weapons, but I don't know. What are your thoughts before we get out of here? Um, I think the you can't underestimate the rushing ability of Lamar Jackson. That's a big factor. Right. Um, his his passing stats are not as impressive. Brock Purdy's got better passing stats, but Lamar has that mobility. You know, he showed it against Jacksonville on Sunday night. His escapability is so valuable that I I like Lamar a little bit more, but Purdy right now is kind of an overwhelming favorite, minus mm. 200. So it, he might be the guy uh, in the end. Well, yeah, maybe he will. We'll see. It's going to come down to it. We know it's not going to be Kirk Cousins because he was headed towards MVP status early in the season, and now that's gone away. Uh, but I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Maxim. This has been a Ron Johnson show on a beautiful, beautiful Tuesday in Minnesota, headed towards 50 degrees for Christmas, people. So enjoy your Christmas holiday. Next time we'll talk to you. You guys have opened your gifts, and hopefully the Vikings are 8-7 and seven after beating the Lions. Have a good one, but make sure you guys know Locked On Sports Minnesota can be found 24-7 on our YouTube live stream where you can get all of your four favorite Minnesota sports shows around the clock. It's Vikings, Wild Wolves, Twins, and Gophers all hours of the day. Have a great one.